Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Real Estate Mobile MD. My name is Bob Bosick. I'm a retired C-suite executive, and I have the privilege of speaking with medical professionals, high-income earners, and investors. We're happy to share both real-world journeys along with the to-dos and, more importantly, the not-to-dos. Um, we're very, very fortunate to have Dr. Daniel Kessler with us today. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. We're sort of neighbors here in Florida today, and uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you join. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today, Bob. Very, very welcome. Um, so I usually like to start and just kind of let the listeners uh, understand a little bit about your background, where you kind of uh, started medical school um, and, you know, how long you've been out of residency in your current position. So why don't we just start there? Sure. So born in Germany, came to the U.S. in about 95, eventually worked at the CDC for a while. And then at the CDC, I decided to go to medical school at Nova, you know, which is down in Fort Lauderdale. Um, after that, was fortunate to do my residency in family medicine at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. I've been in private practice ever since I graduated 2006. I have done pretty much a lot of things from general family medicine to pediatrics. At one point, I was hired by a large cardiology group. I basically did, you know, cardiology patients for a while. Um, but throughout all this time, my passion has also been integrative medicine and functional medicine. So I was one of the very first doctors in the nation to be certified. Part of this was because of my background. My parents are doctors and they also are in the functional medicine field in Germany. So now I live in beautiful Amelia Island. Like you said, we're neighbors. Yes, we are. What, what, um, what were you doing that got you involved with the CDC initially? Yeah, I was very fortunate after I came from Germany to go to Emory University. That's where I did my undergrad. And then I decided to, you know, take some time off and actually have a real job. And then um, I was, you know, right there. The CDC was right there, very prestigious. And at the time, I had to be resourceful because I was a student. I was not a resident, uh, which means I have to have a job. Otherwise, I get deported. So I applied, and fortunately, they had a job. So that's how I ended up at the CDC. And where from Germany did you originate? I was I was uh, from northern Germany, near near Hamburg. Hamburg, okay. I was a long, long time ago in a town called Bremerhaven. Yep. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, very close, very close to Hamburg. Yes, uh, that was my one venture into Germany, and um, I've always wanted to go to Munich and. Um, oops, sorry. Did I lose you? Nope. Still here. Okay. I was particularly interested, um, in the Munich air, in the, in the mountains around, uh, Munich and, you know, Austria. And, and then of course my family is, uh, uh, from Slovakia originally. And mm -hmm. so, and, and even today I, I ran into somebody, um, in, recently in Scottsdale and they says, how do you say your last name? And they said it with an accent. Um, and I and I knew that they were from somewhere close to where you know I originated. And I said Bosic, and they said, "No, it's not Bosic. It's Bosic, Bosic, right?" Course, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, very interesting. Why was becoming a doctor important to you? Well, um, it's very interesting. Um, and just so in, in, initially, I never had the desire to really become a doctor. My parents are doctors, but I really wanted to take a break. Um, they said, you know, I can do whatever I wanted to do. 
But then once I was working at the CDC, I didn't want to be a lab rat my entire life. And I did enjoy you know, being around people. And then at the time, six of us from our lab at the CDC, we all applied together to medical school. So, and we all ended up finishing medical school together. So it was really this team approach at the time. And then I think once I was in medical school and I saw what it could be like, what the path could be like, then of course, because of my background with my parents, it was very easy for me then to complete that. Well, you, I had a different experience. My father was a medical doctor and, uh, um, he used to dedicate uh, his time to go down into Mexico and give of himself um, on the weekends and just work at a clinic along the border and do different things. Yeah. Um, and so as a young, as a young guy in the seventies, I used to go with him late seventies. And I, you know, I can remember very specifically two, two incidents, one a bus crash and numerous people coming in in various states of um, concern uh, blood everywhere, and then a birth. And on both occasions, Bob needed to have a seat, or in fact, he went down. It wasn't it wasn't going to work for me at uh, medical school. So um, ultimately, I went to law school. But anyway, um, yeah, I had a different experience than than you did. Um, what's been the biggest challenge that you have faced during this process of you know coming across? I know that you described having. Um, as a student with a student visa and or otherwise needing to get employed and what those consequences would be. But, you know, as you transitioned through medical school and got into your into your professional, your full time professional, long time career here as, as a physician, what's been the biggest challenge you face? Yeah, the biggest challenge will come to a shock for a lot of your listeners. And I don't mind sharing this because my friend who is a businessman he said, I should tell my story one of these days. So, yeah, so about uh, five years ago, um, I learned a hard lesson. And, um, you know, I was almost on the street. I had lost everything. Um, my house, my family, um, my family, I have two children. You know, they ended up moving to Switzerland, to Europe. And um, all of a sudden, I had no income at all because of something that happened. It wasn't my fault, of course. But um, what really, what this really taught me was I went through some, some bad times, really some bad times. As you know, that a lot of doctors, um, something that most people may not know, um, burnout is real. And I said almost, you know, I was on the street and I said, well, what can I do? So I had to be very resourceful. And um, up to that point, I was always employed. And it was that point where I was literally on the street where I said, listen, I really need to take my uh, steering wheel, my own hands. And from that point on, I became my own boss. This was five years ago. And from and since then, now, because I was so uh, dedicated um, and I was so vulnerable, a lot of good things happened in my life. Um, people came to me and said, listen, you've always been a giver, giver, giver. We're going to help you out. I didn't ask for anything, you know. Um, and now today I am so blessed. I am so successful. I make more money than I ever have made in my entire life, even before the five years. So the biggest challenge is really when times are tough, that you have to be resourceful, that you cannot give up. You have to find a way. And as doctors, that's what we're trained to do, not just for our patients, but for ourselves. Uh, I am glad that someone told you to be vulnerable because it's inspirational um, where um, so many people 
um, in, a, in a similar situation would lack um, the emotional fortitude to, to persevere. I, I, I was sitting in this exact room a month ago talking to a man who had graduated from high school. And by the time he was our age and by, by, by about 2008, he was a multimillionaire, had a private plane, beautiful family, beautiful children. And in quick succession, he said, I was in this beautiful home, owned multiple properties. 2008 hit, the market went upside down. I get a phone call in the evening. My 16-year-old's been killed in a car accident. My wife the next month has terminal cancer. I have in 90 days, uh, have six or seven different bankruptcies. I'm living on the street. I have no education. I have no resume. I've always worked for myself in real estate. And I'm just, you know, it just stuns you, right? You're just like, so what did you do? And here we are, um, you know, 15 years later, he's written or authored, you know, 10 different books. He got his, went to get his education. Then he went and got his master's. Then he went and got his doctorate. Then he became a professor and he's back into real estate, has a new family and where most people would crumble. Absolutely never recover. I've now heard two tremendous stories in, in the course of 30 days. And I'm just, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable and share those types of stories um, because we're so wired in society to only say the good stuff. But yep. what an inspiration. Wow. That's so impressive. Thank you. Thank you. But you know what? It wasn't easy. And um, I had a lot of help. And um, also, you know, I just um, at the time when I didn't ask for any, I mean, I asked for help, but people just came into my life and said, listen, you know, you've helped me. And in those moments, you really find out who are your real friends. Oh, yes, you do. And I will tell you that one of my friends whom I helped tremendously through my integrative uh, medicine training, you know, I mean, um, you know, he, he ended up giving me, he ended up becoming an investor with me in my business and he invested $250,000. I, I didn't ask for anything. And he said, don't, volunteered. Even, don't, don't even think about paying this back to me. I, this is a gift to you. And I said, Oh my goodness, how blessed am I? You know? Wow. So, and, and then I said, well, this, this puts food on the table for my children. Um, but then I became very resourceful and do the type of work I do now. And so basically, Bob, um, I'm very blessed. I focus on every day. I just give back all the time. I don't take. I just give, give, give. And by giving, you actually make more than you ever dreamed of. You know? Both spiritually and or otherwise, right? It's just yeah. it, it, uh, it replenishes you. Um, so what is it that you do now? What have you been, what has, what path is this taking you on the last five years? Sure. So I am very well trained, you know, at Mayo, you know, Mayo Clinic is a very famous clinic. Okay. I mean, all of, all, most doctors have good training, but um, I also have certifications in integrative medicine, and functional medicine. So what I, what I'm doing currently, my bread and butter is uh, Teladoc. You know, I'm one of the leading physicians. Um, I used to be a 1099, but now they're doing a lot of W-2, which is not ideal from a tax perspective. Right. But, um, but you know what? I'm grateful. I always tell people I can be at home with my fingernails clean. Yes. I have, I have zero overhead. Yes. Um, and literally, as long as I take care of the patients, I have unlimited income, which is ridiculous. You know, I just have to put the time in. Sure. So now what I do is I work every morning. This is going to sound crazy. Every morning I get up at four. I work every day from four to 12, eight hour days, every day. Okay. I see about 80, 90 patients in the mornings. Wow. 
And then no problem. I'm very, I have such a strong mindset. This is not a problem. But then I go to the beach. I live in Florida, but then I work on my side projects, you know, um, where I partnered with a local businessman here on Amelia. And uh, this is a project over the next, you know, a few years, um, which will also then bring in extra income, which will be passive, you know, um, and but we are going to do this from a, not from a, sure, we're going to make money, but we're going to do this um, to really transform the community health. That's really very important to both of us. And then we want to then um, franchise this out nationwide. So that's ultimately the goal. So I cannot tell you too many details about it, but that's the okay, goal. Yes, because you're somewhat vague. I was wondering kind of what vertical it falls into, but I yeah. understand but, um, but, you know, but the bottom line is, um, you know, Amelia is a very, very um, affluent, affluent, but at the same time, everybody needs help from a yeah. health perspective. And if we can show how this is possible in one community, because he's a very successful businessman, um, I'm a very successful doctor. So together, you know, we're going to start here. He has another clinic out in Seattle. But the ultimate plan will be nationwide, you know? Very um, good. And that's very exciting to me. Very, very good. I um, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's certainly a conveniences, both for the patient and for you as the physician doing Teladoc. But what are the drawbacks, the, um, the subtleties that you don't get to capture necessarily when they're in person? Maybe it's the foot tapping or a tremor or something that may be missed. Yeah. Things yeah. that are drawbacks for you? No, you know what? I've I've been doing this now almost 21 years. Well, 17 years since I graduated, really. Um, but, you know, um, I've been in the trenches like all of us. We've, we've been there. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of us who've been doing this for a long time, we know that about 80% of stuff, you know, you don't have to see them in person. Um, and, um, and nowadays when people, because of COVID, COVID changed the landscape dramatically, yeah. um, telemedicine is here to stay. And, uh, I am one of the leaders, you know, not just with Teladoc, but I've been doing telemedicine ever since I finished uh, medical school. So I really don't miss it. I'm able to literally, I mean, last month I saw 2000 patients. So I, I get to influence a lot of people's lives positively. Yes. Um, make a good, make a good living but also do something good for the community. So those things are important to me. Absolutely. And, you know, like anything, you know, um, what's appropriate for telemedicine and, you know, what that 20% outlier is that requires in person. Yeah. And most people, you know, they just want to know what to do. And I said, well, here's what you need to do. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for telling me. And they're very grateful for that. Sure. Sure. So in the last five years, you know, what have you been doing to kind of um, secure your financial future? What are some ways you're taking control of it in terms of investing? Are you, are you doing syndication, stocks, bonds, real estate? No, you know, like I said, um, and I don't mind sharing this. So literally five years ago, I literally had nothing, um, which is crazy to hear. But, um, you know, over the years, a lot of things happened. Um, you know, I, I, I never, you know, did anything bad where I lost my money on purpose. Yeah, but, but um, you know, it was a single-income household. My um, ex-wife took care of the children. Yep, and then um, and then something happened with her parents, and her parents had to live with us, and I literally paid for everybody. Right, 
And then, and then, you know, we had some house damage with a hurricane in Florida. I mean, lots yeah. of, but, but you know what, through all this time, I've been very resilient. Now that I make literally so much money with Teladoc. Yeah. Oh, I met with a financial advisor. I said, listen, I'm going to be vulnerable. I am so embarrassed to tell you this, but I, I don't ever want to be in this position. Again. No, but I will tell you. And I told her, listen, I have zero debt. I have no debt at all, but I have no savings really. Right. But, but my potential is so ridiculously high. Yes. That now I need to surround myself with professionals and say, listen, what do you suggest I do? Right. Right. And since I've been doing that, even though I may be a late bloomer or a bit late starter, yep. I'm, I'm not worried, Bob, because, Good. because um, now I'm 48, I'm going to turn 48. I'm not worried because I know each year I'm going to make a certain amount guaranteed. Right. Plus, plus I have that project. So right. real estate is something I, I will do. Yeah. Um, and then if I do that, um, definitely syndication, that would be the way. That would be the way you go. Yeah. If you could go back in time and talk to your 30-year-old self, so we go back 17 to 20 years ago, not quite 20, what, um, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? I would tell my 30-year-old self that um, you have to be in the moment. You only have each moment. You don't have yesterday. You don't have tomorrow. You just have right now this moment. And I would tell this person, um, you will suffer in your life, but I want you to suffer well. And, um, and you know, stress is not what kills us. It's the response to the stress. That's right. Um, and I had to learn that through some trials and tribulations, you know. Sure. That's that's what I would tell myself. Yeah, we all, you know, I was I was an executive and uh you know, burnout and um the ability to be aware and present is unique to medicine and uh, and physicians as an executive, you know, I can now now no longer doing that. Um you sit with some guilt a little bit, um and sometimes more when you think about I could have been a better father. I could have been more present husband, a son, a, sure. a brother. Um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so, yeah, I think that is a terrific piece of advice. And what's, and what's really amazing now, you know, that I, that I make, that, that I'm so flexible, I'm also able to see my family regularly. I mean, I travel all the time. You can do it I'm, wherever I'm, you want. I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I'm a W2, but I'm, but I'm my own boss. You know, I can... Yeah. Teladoc allows you to set your own hours and sure. I'm, I'm done every day at 12. I mean, yes. who has that kind of freedom and flexibility? Yes. You know? So I'm I mean, very if you want to go spend the life. next two months in Switzerland with your children, you could do this from there. Well, no, no, so, no, unfortunately not. So there are some laws and regulations. Oh, you're which, right. Okay. I'm sorry. But, 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 but I am, but I am able to travel. Literally I travel about every seven, eight weeks to Europe, you know, which is wonderful. Yeah. I had a, uh, I was talking to a tele uh, doctor um, and he was working from Spain. Yeah. I'm um, outside of Barcelona and I was talking to him. Yeah. And he was enjoying his life. Uh, oh during- yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Who was someone that the listeners may not know, but they, but they should, um, if, you know, in your, in your experiences, someone out there that they should know, but they don't. Sure. Um, so there's a Vietnamese monk who died a few years ago. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. I'm sure a lot of people know about him. And I was very fortunate to take care of one of his 
second or third in command many years ago. And I helped this monk for free. I didn't charge him a thing. But um, it was this monk who taught me. He said, Daniel, you've helped me a lot. Now let me help you. And he's, he was the one who said, you will suffer in your life, but you have to suffer well. Because Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a book. He wrote a book called No Mud, No Lotus. You know, so I went through all the mud, okay. literally. And now I am the lotus. enjoying the lotus, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful phrase. Um elegance and uh and uh yeah it's just that's a great phrase i will remember that um and i have not heard that before uh so if if our listeners wanted to find you or touch base with you um connect with you for for whatever reason be it telemedicine or otherwise what would be a way that they could get a hold of you yeah so so what I do is I also do consultations, you know, with physicians and also for patients. Um, if you want to share my website, it's www.drkconsult.org and people can literally book an hour of my time. They can ask me anything, uh, not just for patients. Um, or, um, you know, my email is very simple, drdanielkessler@gmail.com. So those are two easy ways to get a hold of me. Daniel, I, I have to say, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I told you we'd be about 25 or 30 minutes. We're getting close to that uh, spot. Um, I cannot tell you um, how much I appreciate your vulnerability um, in sharing your story. Um, it is, uh, it's always for those of us that, that have the gray hair and have, and have been through some journeys in life and peaks and valleys, and we all have, we all have a story. Um, it's just refreshing for someone to to open up and not just share the good stuff, um, but be willing to share some difficulties and the lessons learned and the process and the experience. Um, and not enough people do that. It leaves a lot of us, when we start to go through that experience, believing that it's unique to us. Um, and it's not. <laughs> There's not a person that has not faced significant challenges or what they perceive to be significant challenges. Um, what they're capable of handling. Yeah, I learned, you know, I think, yeah, you're very welcome. I I think that, um, like I said, my my friend who's a businessman, he said, you know, you should one day, you know, tell your story, write a book, whatever. But, but, you know, but the point really is that all of us are humans and we are allowed to feel what we feel. There's no shame in that. But everybody always says, well, we're doctors. We, you know, we should help everybody else. But you know what? Sometimes we have to help ourselves. Yes. But the key word is resilience. We all have the power in us. So don't give up. Yes. Even when, even when the world is collapsing, there's always help available, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much again. And I hope you have a terrific uh, rest of your afternoon, late afternoon, early evening. And it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Have a nice day. Thank you.